Okay, yeah, go ahead. Hi, I'm Fred <laughs> Gebhardt. No, it's Fred Behard. You're right. It's Fred Behard, and I am a filmmaker, a YouTuber, a Twitch streamer, Generous. a coffee Instagram influencer, a what else do I do? A an ASM artist. I don't think you. It's not fair to bundle YouTuber with AS. Like you got, you don't have a separate YouTube channel yet, bud. I do. Oh, did you? Oh, well. So. Will it be up by the time? Uh, probably. Oh, okay then. Well, I can. I'll allow it then. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, did I say used underwear salesman? I think you said underwear salesman. That was what I was gonna lead with. Okay. Because it's the most potent of your many titles. It's pretty potent. Um, and what else? Oh, and I guess I work at Starbucks one day a week. Oh, we don't give a shit about that. <laughs> uh, all right. So you are returning to this, the fair kingdom. By popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and I, so we've been talking, I don't remember if we mentioned it on your episodes, but we did talk about how your episodes now are going to be solely focused on um, the various alien romances I read. Alien romances? Alien. Alien? Alien. Alien versus Predator. <laughs> well, speaking of, so I, a couple of things. Uh, this episode, I'm going to be honest with you, is a lazy episode because- Really? I finished- I finished a book this week, as in I finished writing a book this week, mm -hmm. and my brain prompt promptly melted out of my ears, and I have not had time to scoop it back in, my my brain jellies, scoopy, back into scoop. my ear canals, um, and I did not, <laughs> I was like, we need to record an episode, and I was like, I'm not going to think about what we're going to do until, ah, the day of, the day of this morning, <laughs> um, but I, it is sort of, I think it is a good episode to do because I I do read so very many alien romance novels and I don't know how I got sucked into this hole but I did like I wasn't I never actively searched it out it was never like my niche my niche was I always I don't believe you well my niche was always paranormal romance mm. um but I'm gonna be honest with you like there's so much paranormal romance out there that it can be really frustrating because there's so much bad paranormal romance out there so it can be yeah. very disheartening to kind of slog through so much mm -hmm. and still not find anything right and I will say um although there is a lot of really really terrible alien romances out there I think proportionally it's mostly pretty decent reads. That's interesting. Yeah. Is that because, like, the whole science fiction genre, just, like, in general literature, is very, like, you know, like, oh, I got to do a lot of research before I even, like, write it kind of thing? I don't know. Because I would say, in, in this instance, like, the sci-fi that I'm talking about is very... Like light. Let's just say it's not necessarily super grounded in reality. Sure. I like physics. And it takes me back to uh, a couple of years ago. I was uh, coming up with ideas for several short stories. And um, 
I was talking to one of my fellow booksellers, mm-hmm. and uh, are you gonna name drop? No, I won't. But <laughs> if you know, you know. And uh, although she's a very delightful person, has has been very kind to me over the years, and the reason I actually got my job, she also was a very serious sci-fi reader, and I mean very hard sci-fi. And so when I said, oh, I had this idea for this, you know, this sci-fi short story about this young woman who's, like, born on this, like, long-haul space mission, and mm-hmm. both of her parents die, and she's the last one to come back to Earth, and she finishes her mission. It was, like, this whole thing. Very lighthearted. Just... Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know shit about science. What are you talking about? Actually, I know. I, I was going to say, I think in this household. But I can't do math. So, like, I'm shit out of luck there. That's and, true. like, a lot of hard sci-fi is, is math. Like, thinking Andy Weir, who's an actual, like, scientist, but whatever. Sure. But also, that's not really the sci-fi I enjoy reading, anyway. Yeah. Because it's like a textbook sometimes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just ain't give a shit. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I told her the story and she, she looked me dead in the eye and she just said, do you know enough about science to actually write that? Oh my God. And I was like, woof. That's okay, hard. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take my ideas for uh-huh. novels and such and just kind of keep them tucked yeah. up inside me whenever Ooh. you're around <laughs> and Where just kind of enfold them into my dermis and never ever reveal them again to you person. Wow. Wow. Um, and I, I wasn't hurt by it, but I just went, ah, you're not the person to talk about this with. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so when I say that these books are uh, alien romances, I'm I'm saying they they lean more towards fantasy, frankly, in terms mm-hmm. of like world building and like basis in reality. Like, right. I I in doing my research for this, which was <clears throat> again minimal, but <laughs> <laughs> like I I've been absorbing information about this topic for a while. For, yeah. Since I've been like deep in this hole for like four months now, um, I. <laughs> I didn't actually count how many sci-fi novels I've read in oh, the past. Wow. But I'm, I'm sure it's a lot. I'm gonna be generous with myself and maybe kind of lowball it and say mm. fifty. Oh my god. I haven't even honestly, <laughs> I haven't even read a full book in the past year. Lies. You're a liar. We've we've covered this ground. Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't I don't count fucking what was it? Animorphs? Animorphs. I don't count that as a book. Animorphs. <laughs> but um yeah i so i read almost i'm gonna cross 100 books probably this week since july 21st uh which is sounds like an arbitrary date but it's just when i start keeping track um but so um, it is arbitrary yeah yeah (laughs) it sounds arbitrary because it is because it is um and and i didn't count but Let's say about half are going to be some sort of sci-fi or alien romance. Damn. And I think a lot of that is because, A, it's what's pushed really hard by algorithms on hmm. Amazon and various other booksellers, especially right. um, my library app pushes them very hard to me. Weird. Um, it's like once you click on one, that's all oh, they... they... kind of like YouTube recommended. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really hard to get out of that. And once you find like some good books, it's like, well, why not, right? Um, but Unless they're bad. Unless they're bad, and there are, <laughs> there are a lot of bad ones. I read, I read some very, very bad ones, or at least attempted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I will never not think about the dinosaur one that I read, which was prose wise not terrible. Interesting. Super weird though. Do tell. Uh, it. W- <laughs> it was about. 
out uh, some women scientists okay. uh, are abducted by aliens. Okay. Uh, and they're actually abducted with a lot of other women who are not scientists, but mm-hmm. they all happen to be together working on a research project. Anyway. Whammy. Um, Whammy. Um, and they crash land after they are abducted on this strange planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only people on this planet are these basically cavemen, and it's kind of advertised that way. They're like, that are existing alongside basically dinosaurs. Like, right. And this planet's version of dinosaurs. Like that fucking uh, Star Trek episode. Yeah, exactly. And they, they are, they have like camouflage and they're huge and brawny and they like figure out a way to talk and they, they have no women because of course they don't and they actually reproduce by like the strongest warriors put their <laughs> into <laughs> into uh, this like special plant that like is basically a cloning pod and anyway. Whoa. Yeah. I was going to ask though because like no whammon. No whammon. How reproduce? Well, that's the crux of literally all of these novels. Oh. Um, well, not all of them. But we stand. The vast majority. Um, but they, uh, yeah, he 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 does. Well, he does have two penises that just kind of one of them just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, Wait. Yeah. Does it does it appear out of nowhere or does it come out of nowhere? It appears out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. It like when we're talking about penis, it's like not mentioned at all. And then, and then, like in the middle of the first sex scene, she's like, "Wait, what's that?" And it's like, "Whoa, where'd that come from?" It's like it just kind of <laughs> ew. Yeah. <laughs> as as someone who enjoys a good penis, I don't need two no. from the same person. No, this is a lot of ha- lot to handle. There's a lot there. Yeah. And if he's a caveman, I can't. I can barely trust that he can keep one of those clean. Wait, does that mean he has two scroti? No. Scrotums. Scro yums. An alien with a scrotum? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yum yum and my scrotum. Uh, so anyway, I I was thinking about the genre as a whole, and I was thinking about like this stew of tropes that are just mm-hmm. repeated over and over and over again in these. And I was looking at the history of of um, sci-fi romance, mm-hmm. um, and there's a really strong you know connection with sci-fi and romance. Right. Um, pretty much as soon as sci-fi came out, there was elements of romance in it. Um, however, I Noticed a trend. Oh no! Where I was. It, this is a very lighthearted episode. We're not going to get into some of the trends that I. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to know. Um, but I noticed the trend of like authors' notes and stuff at the the ends of these novels where they oh. mentioned um the predator. <laughs> where they really? Were like, yeah, which is why the other day I decided I asked V uh if she wanted to watch Predator with me because neither of us had seen it because I, I was can't curious. Believe you didn't wait until I got home. Mm, I only like to do things when you're not here. I'm aware. <laughs> I come home and you're doing something new, like, every week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty much. <laughs> like, yesterday you were fucking knitting on the couch? Yeah. Rude. Yeah. Where's my invite? <laughs> I can teach you how to knit. I actually know how to knit. Well, then what's the problem? <laughs> I just don't have the equipment anymore. Yeah, well. Um, but I was like, let's watch Predator. And mm-hmm. B, God bless her, was like, fine. So we did. Damn. And the whole time I was thinking, like... Well, he big. Oh my god! Like, I get it. He big, and he like roars a lot, and wears a giant cod piece, and must be he fucking does. hung. You know, like I get it. Well, honestly, my experience with yeah. giant cod pieces—they're never hung. Well, yeah, but he's like a big dude. Like he's like a seven and a half foot tall beast. Oh, so like proportionally, he's okay, sure. like to a human. He no matter what, he's yeah, probably hung. That's true. Which. 
I mean, when asked later why why I find him attractive or I understand him to be attractive, Mm-mm. you under you understand nothing. You find him attractive. <laughs> sure, uh, it's uh, big man's big knife, big dick. Like, Ooh. yeah, I get it. Big I understand. knife energy. <laughs> yeah, he's got the big knife energy, which. By the way, his like last like fist fight with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, at the end of the Wait, movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was yeah, he's movie? the main pro tag. What? Yeah, he plays like a mercenary. It is basically a war movie. It's super dumb. Oh. But like, they they played up the whole like not showing the predator until like the last like quarter of the film. Okay. Which kind of sucked because then we just got a bunch of like war shit. It was yeah. like, Ugh! I mean, like from from like an actual like film perspective i get, I, I get why because it's like supposed to be a horror movie right mm. or like horror sci-fi like a thriller sci-fi I mm. um i mean i guess it's horror there's a lot of people skinned alive but oh um, we should watch it together it's, it was a fun flick <sighs> but uh he has they have this like last fist fight because predator realizes that arnold schwarzenegger is like a worthy opponent and he doesn't want to use his technology on him he wants to fucking fight fair that's dumb because like the whole thing is it's a sport for them right right and so they get in this, like, fist fight and this battle of wits and, like, trying to outsmart each other and stuff. And then at the last minute, the Predator still has this, like, giant, like, double-bladed knife on his gauntlet, oh, yeah. and he whips it out. And I'm like, that's not, like, a fist <laughs> fight. Like, you brought a fucking knife to a fist fight. That's Damn. not fair. Anyways. It's like Assassin's Creed, but yeah. on the other side of his wrist. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Really? I mean, I know they got some battle. I don't know the... Oh. Well, well, I can't believe you're not a real gamer. I only like Assassin's Creed for the walkthroughs of like the tours. <laughs> the tours. Yeah, they have like ancient like history tours. Oh, yeah. fucking nerd. <laughs> but so V and I got into this argument where I was like, I understand why all these authors had their like alien sexual awakenings to Predator and then wrote basically the Predator in all of these novels, right? Big, beefy alien guy who's, like, super aggressive and very, like, physically powerful. And animalistic. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, better mouth situation, usually, but oh, not Oh, I forgot all of them. about his mouth. Um, it's like a spider, but on his face. That's what Paige said. Um, and so we got his argument where she says that uh, alien is way more attractive than yes. the Predator. And, and it, she's correct. She is wrong, and what? we proved it empirically. No. Yes. Most of those votes were fucking false. <laughs> no, they weren't. You Don't fucking try and cast doubt on my election. Don't do that. I will. Uh, I'll do it now. That's rude. Xenomorphs are inherently more sexual. I'm not saying they're more... I'm not arguing that point. I'm just saying what's sexier. Every curve on a xenomorph is phallic. Everything about them is phallic. What's interesting is what I kind of put together is that mm. a lot of... Most of the people who I know who like women say the alien is more attractive what yeah like a, a lot of the the bi women and like lesbians i know hmm. said the aliens were more attractive like like xenomorph alien yeah. interesting they preferred that so huh yeah so i'm like for the record i am gay as fuck yeah i'm, I'm not saying it's like you know a one-to-one thing but obviously it, but yeah. the vast majority i noticed went to alien which Weird. i don't know what that means well but... i mean from like a gender perspective literally the xenomorph in alien is a female it's and then true. predator is a dude yeah he's super coded male she mm-hmm. is not at all coded female i think <laughs> she is though is she? at least in the second movie but like i mean they didn't give her tits right like not really but like she has like that mother bear instinct kind of thing going on i guess but i'm talking like physically coded oh yeah you know like not really 
Yeah. Whereas, like, the Predator, yes, is super masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, he wears, like, a fishnet shirt <laughs> over his, like, rippling does abs. Does he really? He does. He super does. Interesting. Like Maybe he's just, piece. like, a a clubbing gay. That's what, that's what I <laughs> Um, But, so, I, you know, we were talking about this, and for the record, the poll shook out that more people find Predator sexy than Alien. Disturbing. But it was very close. It was very, very close. Everybody listening to this episode, please chime in. Yeah. Tweet at the podcast who you think is sexier. And why? Explain your answer. Yeah, please explain. Because for the poll, there was no space no. for explanation. No. And I feel like I mean you could send a know. message to V, but yeah. No. Um and V tried to fucking dunk on me too, and I came out on top. So I'm feeling pretty You never good. come out on top though, so it's true. It's true. <laughs> Lines beat me down. Um <laughs> but all of this to say, I, I've, I've been deep in, like, an alien uh, mm-hmm. romance rabbit hole, and I was just trying to understand it. I've was i I've tried to read. I've always been a sci-fi fan. Yeah. Um, I collect pulp sci-fi novels. Mm-hmm. I collect, like, periodicals. I, I really enjoy them. I love how absolutely bug nuts so many of them are because True. they were just being cranked out so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could do whatever, basically, right? You could literally do whatever. And what's funny is I would say – so I, as I was thinking about this this morning, I was thinking about how sci-fi romance began in this vein of, like, doing whatever you wanted, but it was also incredibly fucking boring. And mm. then we have a second wave, which has been, like, this modern iteration of, of alien romance, right. right? Which is much more constricted in tropes and in, in like, plot-wise. Mm. However... They get way, way, way more creative with A, the, like, sexual relationships, B, like, the situations these people find themselves in, and C, the actual aliens themselves. They take a lot more risks and take a lot more non-human risks Uh than they did in the past, whereas they were just basically human on a different planet. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the last two episodes that we did together, like, the aliens were basically just humans that were, like, a different color or whatever. A profound allergy to horniness, yeah. Yeah. And, like, when when we originally talked about, like, oh, yeah, like, your episodes are going to be, like, alien-themed or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, that's going to be dope. Yeah. And I was like, wait, they're just humans, yeah. but a different color. So there, there's a spectrum, of At course. At least those were. Yeah. But, yeah. There's, there's a spectrum, of course, where, you know, we get, I've read a couple of them that are very non-human. Mm. Like, and they really- Tentacles? tentacles or like bug people with carapaces yes and instead of like liquids um pods yes oh my god oh my god uh um um what the fuck is that thing called the ovipositor ovipositor yeah squall uh i forget what it's called but it starts with an squ squelching no squelcher Squanch, squanch, <laughs> some, something, something along those lines. I forget. Gross. <laughs> That's S- a terrible out of sound. Squoosh. Oh. <laughs> Squizzum. <laughs> I wish it was called that. Um, and and so I was like, this is really interesting how it kind of flipped. And I was trying to find a history, and I was trying to find like the first you know, alien romance novel. Yeah. Of course it wasn't that easy. No. I found some, like, dubious stuff on Wikipedia, and that was about it. Did um, you find War of the Worlds? 
Well, that could be a romance. I'm sure there's a lot of fan fiction out there that does have romance with one of the tripods and, and somebody. But like, no. Uh, but I mean, in in novels like the John Carter uh, mm-hmm. series and like the the Princess of Mars and stuff like that, like those have very strong romantic elements. Yeah. But it's very much it's written from a very male perspective, especially at that time, right? The like turn of the century sci-fi, which was very like mythological hero about to set Ugh. off on an adventure and yes yeah. he gets the lady um and maybe they bone but like probably it's very unsatisfying yeah and it's not romance it's like no. sex Those specifically are... or whatever the woman is the trophy really yeah. um which is you know whatever i guess and and i would say that a lot of the initial romance novels that i found some of the earliest sci-fi romance novels that i found are definitely in that vein but of course they pay more attention to the to the romance aspect mm-hmm. Um, but they're very, like, just humans who happen to be called something else on another planet going right. on, like, an interstellar road trip. Um, and uh, So that the reader doesn't feel super weird about, like, putting themselves in the romance a little bit. They didn't take nearly as many risks. Yeah. yeah that would risk alienating the reader, which is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is, like, very real. You yeah. know, we have, I- I've definitely read some stuff where I'm like, whoop, that's my limit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that. Mm-mm. I feel that. Um, like head tentacles and things that You open. don't like head tentacles, but you like the predator? He's got head tentacles. Put a bag over his head. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he keeps the mask on, I can... The problem is his face looks like a cuttlefish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just if I could just put a mask, keep the mask on, that cool oh. mask. Honestly, that's how I feel about a lot of people that I've slept with. It's fucking rough. I'm so sorry. Um, okay. So I'm going to just read a couple of quotes that I got from Wikipedia, which is the only wow. good, I know it's the only source really I could find that wasn't like TV tropes. The rest I could find Oh yeah. When I looked up when I looked it up, it was mostly like uh Goodreads lists of mm. books and fucking some of these like titles for these Goodread books are like I I saw one that was like, um, be careful, the author's going to listen to this. <laughs> no, well, these are just people who made lists. Oh, okay. Um, but it was like, uh, <laughs> impregnation is the best form of domination. <gasps> yeah, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll get to that, we'll get to that. Oh. Okay, so, according to Wikipedia, uh, I found some interesting stuff about the history of sci-fi, which okay. was tickled me a little bit. So. Just in general, or yeah. sci-fi romance? Well, here's the thing. Uh, initially, sci-fi obviously didn't have the name sci-fi. Right. It was called scientific romance at first. The whole Whoa. genre. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, so scientific romance is an archaic, mainly British term for the genre of fiction now commonly known as science fiction. The term originated in the 1850s to describe both fiction and elements of scientific writing, but has since come to refer to the science fiction of the late 19th and early early 20th centuries, primarily that of Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, and Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, which is just fun. It's that just is fun. cool. Because, like, it makes sense. It's 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 a romance in the stars. It's a romance in the very literary sense of, like, just a fanciful, yeah. lighthearted telling. Right. Uh, it's a fairy tale. Interesting. Um, obviously, that wasn't what I was looking for. <laughs> no, but that is an interesting fact. Um, Wikipedia then goes on to say that the first official, like, uh, trade publication of a scientific... <laughs> a sci-fi romance uh-huh. um, is Sweet Starfire in the 1980s by mm. Jean Anne Krentz. Um, I 
I don't know if that's true. I kind of doubt it. Wait, when was that? 1980s. It was like 1986. 1980s? Yeah. Wow, that's kind of late. Well, I I would say that what attributes to that is also, if you think about publishing, it's usually like five to ten years behind in like what people are actually reading. Sure. So if we're thinking about the like what publishers would have thought women wanted because that's who they were trying to cater oh, to. Oh, okay, yeah. They probably would not have thought that sci-fi would really, mm, you know. Sure, sure. Despite the fact that women were writing copious amounts yeah. of Star Trek fan fiction at this point and publishing it in Zines. Yeah, but like the, uh, the you know, men at the top are yeah. not very oh, connected women, with women people. Women don't like science. Yeah, and, that's dumb. Chew on my cigar some more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if, or did you look into what that book was about? Um, I did, and it was basically a sci-fi road trip. Interesting. Yeah, it was about like this young woman who comes from an extremely harmonious society. They're literally called harmonics. Mm-hmm. And um, she's supposed to be telepathic, but she isn't. And so she's going on this quest to see if she can kind of unlock her telepathic abilities. Interesting. And she enlists this very grumpy alpha male uh, lone wolf. He's literally from a culture of like, they call themselves wolves, but I think that has nothing to do with actual wolves. Anyway. Kind of um, like in uh, Divinity? Kind of like in Divinity, <laughs> yes. Although... He does a lot of weird wolf shit. He does. a lot of jerky. Boot jerky. Oh. Uh, but uh, it's, it, it is, sounds like a really good book. I do now want to read it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not it's not alien romance. Right. Wait, what is what is her name? Do you know? The character? Uh-huh. Sidra. Interesting. Okay, because when you Sidra. said Sweet sweet Starfire, is that it? Yes. Um, That specifically reminds me of a comic book character starfire yeah and like the background you just described is legit the background of the character starfire fascinating and that character was created in the 70s fascinating so i'm like wait is there like a connection there i wonder i mean probably no more than cursory but maybe mm-hmm. you know i, I don't know hmm. um the one that comes to mind when I think of like one of the first romances or alien romances is um Animorphs. <sighs> We're not talking about that. Um <laughs> The Warrior's Woman by Joanna Lindsay. Okay. And I own this book. I have not been able to finish it. I Ooh. will at some point. It's one of those like kind of slog books where like oh. I feel like I need to read it and it's not a bad book. Right. But it just doesn't like grip me. I right. also kind of struggle me personally as a reader i'm not very i don't connect very well to like really tough like crude women which is we were just talking about this this morning yeah um i i struggle with that because i'm i don't normally i'm not a person who believes in like uh, i need a foothold in the story like i don't need to put myself in a romance right but when you're so far removed from the yeah. choices I would make, it is a little bit harder. Right. And you're, like, also in a different environment, naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, characters are, I'm assuming, not all human. So it's, like, I I get wanting to at least have some kind of, like, connection yeah. a little bit. Yeah. This woman is basically a soldier. She's an elite soldier. And the premise of the book is that, no man has ever been able to dominate her so she's she's never like felt the need to be with any of them um and which is like okay all right right. (laughs) yeah um and then she ends up like going to this planet and there's this like it's a planet of warrior men and of course she's immediately dominated by this like basically space viking um and she loves it she's living for it she loves it she loves it and it's like again 
these are just two humans basically yeah like they don't really look any different she's just like tall and, and stacked or whatever yeah. and so is he and that's it, about it it's like when marvel movies try and convince you that fucking thor is an alien and it's like nah he's just a dude with he, some powers he's just a dude he's just a golden dude wax to hell and back true um oh my god at least they changed his eyebrows from the first movie oh they didn't bleach his eyebrows or his beard Really? Yeah. I don't remember His beard that. was bleached really uh, bad in the first one. Dude, now having seen the first season of True Blood, uh-huh. the striking resemblance between Eric and first movie Thor, mm-hmm. ugly. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Eric gets his hair cut in this next season. Thank I can't God. wait. His hair gets so slick. Ugh. Um, But anyway. Uh... We're starting a um True Blood review <laughs> podcast, just by the way. I think V would actually kill us both if we did that on air. I'm ready. Yeah, me too. Um, So I talked about how there's like the first wave, which is a very traditional. And what the what I'm talking about now, right. the, the crux of this podcast and the 50, generously 50 books that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, More like 100 probably. Shh, 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 shh. Um. Are, are the second wave. And that is this very experimental, I don't give a fuck, we're going to just, I'm going to turn his dongus into a sex toy. Yes. And things are going to vibrate and glow. We're and just it's going be there. Like, yeah. And we're going to only use like five or six tropes on the whole for mm-hmm. the like, entire genre, but we're going to get real weird with it. Okay. Which I love. Yeah. Um, it's very fun. And <laughs> honestly, once you start reading that kind of stuff, it's really hard to go back to just like two people like regular people yeah i don't know i'm spoiled for just weird crap well i feel like if you're reading sci-fi right Mm -hmm. and you're looking for sci-fi you want sci-fi you don't just want like "Mm, sci-fi well there's so many different flavors of sci-fi right like the hard sci-fi doesn't appeal to me it definitely Mm -hmm. appeals to a lot of people in which case like you know they'll find much more interest in interesting situations yeah and less in the interesting characters and like the situations that are presented to the reader via mm-hmm. like weird anatomy yeah right like they, they don't really care about that they care about like what's a really cool space adventure right which i totally understand um it's not necessarily my bag because i'm much more interested in the characters but you know whatever so can't Fred, believe you don't care about plot oh you know you haven't read my books yet so you you have no idea how I, accurate that is i um, would like to <laughs> um okay so now, Fred. Oh. We're gonna be talking about the top tropes in the alien <sighs> romance subgenre, as far as I can, I am aware. Right now, I might be, I might be looking at the cave wall here and, uh-huh. <laughs> and only seeing what's projected in front yeah. of me, right? But I think I'm getting a pretty good view of like the overall ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I'm gonna say about seven-ish tropes. Okay. What do you think is the like top trope? Um, like the 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 most crux of of these plots. Like, ooh, I I would say probably fuck or die. You're you're wrong. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. you're wrong. That's actually not that common. Huh. I mean, it it is common in the sense that like there's only like you know like seven tropes. Right? Yeah. But the most common is an abduction plot line. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I want you to now guess, what do you think the top reasons are for the, like, if we're talking about tiers of, like, overall plot, uh-huh. it's abduction and it's no women. Okay. okay. Like, overarching, the almost 
all of these novels that I've read have a problem with women. There, for whatever reason, the men of the alien men, because yeah. they're always men being the alien, right. never the women. Um, which is a stark change from like the the first wave. Yeah, I was gonna say that's very telling of like who they believe is reading these mm-hmm. books. I would say so. Yeah. Um, but I I <laughs> I want you to try and guess. What are some good reasons for there to be no women in the, in these societies of men? Ooh, um, I would say probably maybe they. I ooh, I don't I don't want to go on record saying this, but maybe like fucking, I don't know the the author, probably having some weird contrivance of like oh the the women of this culture were too weak and all died off. Well, that's yeah, that's that. I mean. They very rarely use like that framing of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually so. What I what I've put together my informal and totally uneducated list. Uh huh. Um, is a virus. There's oh. Some sort of virus that has wiped out women. Sure. Exclusively, or like one of them I read. Um, it was all the women and elderly. Huh. So, uh, the basically the whole culture of this society was just tanked in like a year because they lost all of the like their keepers of tradition as well as their women sure so it's like super fucked up um or a war somehow all the women were killed um or yeah the women died out in like a conflict that's so weird because like from what you've told me of like all the uh alien romances that you've read is Mm -hmm. like the the men that do stay behind from this culture are like the brutish like T- quote unquote tough ones uh-huh. so why would that well like um typically in the cases where the women have died via conflict it's uh-huh. because the community was very very small so um or there was an invasion of some sort by an aggressive oh uh, like a rape and pillage situation exactly Ooh. all the women were stolen or murdered uh-huh. or for whatever reason like um in in one of the series, the Jacksonian Warriors by Ella Maven, uh-huh. um, it was a bit of both. Huh. They their women were killed by uh, a virus that it turns out was manufactured by people who wanted to enslave their warriors. Whoa. So they had no idea, right. and it was like a whole thing. But so there is that. It can be an act of aggression as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> my next bullet point was. A series of bad decisions and equally bad scientists. Interesting. So, uh, by some bumbling of the government or whatever, or scientists, right. uh, something happened to imbalance their population. Um, and fuck, oh no, we're three generations deep and we only have like one out of every ten births is a woman. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then we have uh, genetics. Mm-hmm. So, we have certain books that follow a plot line of like these planets were like super aggressive Mm -hmm. and so they wanted to you know expand or colonize or whatever so they genetically altered their warriors and their their populations to create better and stronger people okay and then doing so had an unfortunate side effect of unbalancing their population or making them unable to father female children interesting so on and so forth so wait so Mm -hmm. What I what I'm gaining, at least from the first couple, maybe not the genetics one, but basically alien romance is to colonialism as orc romance is to just general <laughs> racism. Well, I think you can there is definitely a conversation to be had with the wider uh, sci fi uh, subgenre as, you know, in terms of colonialism. Mm-hmm. 
Um, typically in in romance, they're they really don't touch on that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I mean, inherently you have to make these aliens likable. Sure. Right. So either they in the past dominated a lot of yeah. places, and then but they're okay now. Or it's benevolent, where we, mm. there was one series by Honey Phillips, which I will put in. Um, but these aliens um, came down to Earth because they've been constantly looking for a species that they can breed with because it's the situation where they genetically modified themselves, uh-huh. yada, yada. Um, and they find Earth and realize, oh, my God, we can breed with these these women. This is OMG. amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Oh. But uh, they... they benevolently benevolently <laughs> conquer this uh these planets uh-huh. by like being like okay we're here we have way better technology than you y'all need to just kind of chill yeah like we're with here fear now. a little bit yeah like we we have our laws and you have to uh-huh. you have to listen to that now but we're also going to improve your society uh-huh. um so there is that uh, very, very rarely is it they actually like framed as the aggressor because I just think it's it's a lot harder to kind of get around that particular speed bump. <laughs> sure, because it's like if it's an alien romance and you're trying to connect with the main character, you already got a freaking lot to work yeah. with. Yeah. Okay, so my last one was an act of God, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like is self-explanatory. Oh. For some reason, they just don't have ladies, and this never explained. Just random. Um, yeah, but. So alongside that, mm-hmm. the vast majority of these books have such a heavy breeding kink, like underlaid. Ooh, like like uh like a let me breed your whole and like dump my seed into your body kind of thing. I mean, some of them, but the vast majority Ugh. are much more like tender than that, right? Like it's like a. Also, you know... note to all gays: <laughs> stop saying you're gonna breed someone's asshole. That's fucking no! too much. No, it's it's so common. Oh! I'm not even kidding. I would say one out of every two conversations you have on a gay dating app comes down to that. That's so upsetting to me. Yeah. It's oh. real. It's too much. I feel like you just hit me with a car. Oh. Yeah, and not not to kink shame anyone. No. But like, if, no, but I am. <laughs> if that, no, but if it comes out of fucking nowhere, like, yeah. come on. That's like, woof. Yeah. Um, I will say, if, I guess if we're talking about that, I will say that there are a lot of really bad titles out there, and a mm. lot of them involve using the word seed. Um, <sighs> and there's a lot of like feral seed and like the Ew. aliens planted seed and, you know. And I really want it to be about farming, but it never is. <laughs> it's never a it's never a Farmville themed <laughs> alien romance. Oh God! Did you know there's a Farmville too? Why are you paying attention to Farmville at all? Like, why do you have that knowledge? Someone posted it on Twitter. Oh, this is why you should never join Twitter. You're right. Follow me on Twitter at film underscore otter. Yeah, don't follow. French be hard. No, because I'm not one. on there. No. This makes tagging you difficult for me. For Get like over seconds. it. Um, Get over it. So, anyway, the the breeding stuff is a huge thing. Uh-huh. And it's usually handled, like, in a very loving way where it's like, I can't wait to start a family with you. But, like, honestly, the crux of these novels, Ugh, the vast majority of the time, people. is about the fact that this culture is dying mm-hmm. or, you know, something of that nature. And they need to fuck. Like, they, it is fuck or die on the grandest of right. scales. Right, so it is fuck or die. Yeah. Just not 
Really? Just not like sex pollen, right? Like, yeah. You know? Um, it, Wait, sex pollen? Yeah, that's a thing. Ew. Have you have you not heard of that trope? I guess not. So there is, this also springs from Star Trek, of course, uh-huh. um, where there's an episode where like uh, they arrive on this planet and there's all these big fucking plants and the plants release a pollen that makes everyone like lose their inhibitions and gets them like super oh, high. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. And that was adopted by fan fiction and then, of course, uh-huh. made itself into mainstream science okay. fiction where there's going to be like... Anything can be a sex pollen. Right. Like, if it's just, like, a chemical that spills on the floor yeah. or, you know. So it's, like, Poison Ivy, the character Oh. from Batman. <laughs> oh. Oh. See, I thought... <laughs> ask very delicately if you have a very specific reaction to Poison Ivy. No. Because that'd be very interesting. Although some people have hypothesized that, like, if you cook Poison Ivy in some kind of way, you can, like, make a fucking aphrodisiac something out of it. I like how you use the word hypothesize like that's in any way going to make it sound more legitimate. Well, I've... (laughs) People have hypothesized it. I don't know. I'm not saying that I agree. Like, like monkey brains will give them, like, a raging boner. Like, that's not... I don't trust anybody. Everyone's stupid. Everyone... uh, Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Don't come at me with that. Um, So, anyway, breeding is a big thing. Okay. And... Uh, you know, it's not necessarily super obtrusive. You know, it, it there, again, there's a spectrum where, but there are some. I guess I have to explain what the, what a breeding cake actually is now that I'm this deep into it. If, Do you? I mean, if you don't know, a breeding kink is when you get sexual pleasure or satisfaction out of the idea or the act of impregnating somebody or being impregnated. Um, there you go. That's for you now. I give that gift to you in my open palm like a baby bird. <laughs> don't mention baby birds and breeding in the same sentence here's my baby bird of breeding my breeding bird (laughs) (laughs) um so of course if we're you know analyzing these tropes then it's like a sliding scale it goes like no women and then breeding trope and then usually from there we get abducted by accident um abducted by accident yeah a human stumbles upon a spaceship and sees something she shouldn't oh sure um human interrupts a hunt of like a bounty hunter uh-huh. uh human gets bashed and needs better healing than earth provides you know that happens sure and then we have more commonly abducted on purpose which uh, makes sense yeah <laughs> you know considering we're talking about aliens uh-huh. um generally these women are abducted by a an aggressive race uh-huh. And then saved by our hero or heroes, the the good the good of a different ones race. we want to we want to bone down right right and typically like the ones that abducted them are really ugly or have no interest in actually like breeding with them or maybe they do but um a lot of times they are uh, this is this is typically done as like a sex slave thing mm-hmm. these women are going to be they're abducted from their beds at night or whatever. And they're taken into the stars to a life of pure misery. <laughs> sure. Um, and typically they're saved beforehand. But I will say, you know, Ruby Dixon, uh, my, my lady. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. You can't just say that on an audio podcast because, like, no, I, I, I would imagine you going, Milady with the hat. <laughs> I, you can interpret that however you want. Ruby Dixon, Milady. Oh, <laughs> gross. Um. She has written an entire really, really long series and many spinoff series therein mm-hmm. about 
it framed as like when humans are out in the stars, they're typically ha- they've been abducted. They're women, and they are universally treated like shit, like right. so so bad. The humans are viewed as basically little better than apes, except they're fun to fuck. And 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 wait, so- are apes not fun to fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are they? I don't know. Um, but they, there, it's they. She writes a lot of really brutal books where, like these women, initially her series, Ice Planet Barbarians, right? They they are saved from that fate by the fact that they're the spaceship they are on crashes and they're saved by a bunch of hunky blue aliens, right? But in her later novels, she explores the women who didn't have that happen, who actually were abducted successfully and wow. taken to like brothels and sold to these terrible people, right? Um, and treated horribly, and then how they are saved in one way or another, um, or I mean, save themselves. I respect that. Like, if you're gonna yeah. have that world building and that threat, mm-hmm. then like go there. Yeah, there, there. Not everyone is saved, yeah. right? Um, and she, she, I think her initial attempts following those plot lines with the women who are harmed mm-hmm. are a little clumsy. Um, they're Uh-oh. maybe not necessarily handled as sensitively or as you know reasonably, but. They're still good books, but it's definitely like, oh, this woman has been a sex life for 10 years, and I guess she's just going to get over all of that trauma <laughs> in, tw- in five chapters. She's um, fine. Yeah, she's fine. Um, but she, as as the books progress, she gets much better at handling it and, like, talking about, you know, the aspects of, like, sexual trauma and all mm. this stuff. Um, and cultural differences and what it's like to be surrounded by people who literally view you as nothing better than a pet. Um, it's very interesting. I can relate to that. But it, be, it obviously can be kind of grim. Yeah. Um, then we have bounty hunter mishaps. <laughs> there is a certain subset of romance, alien romance novels that are based around, like, bounty hunters. Either there's, like, a misunderstanding where a human woman, like, intercepts, a, like, a, a hunt for, like, a convict. Okay. Or they are accidentally, like, they do something accidentally that makes them an intergalactic criminal and they don't even realize it a lot of times it's framed as like they've hidden a fugitive and not known oh sure or they're framed or something like that and then the bounty hunter like bounty hunts them i don't know what they mean takes them in you know that's actually the um plot of the first animorphs book sort of minus minus like the actual romance part but like yeah well all right we're going to start an Animorphs podcast? I've read a book. You've so, read one book? Yeah, so I, I want to juice <laughs> Keep it for us. Keep bringing back to that. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote that as Boba Fett meets bumbling human who has no <laughs> idea what's going on, <clears throat> which is every woman's dream. Yeah. Right? Obviously. Um, Have you seen Boba Fett in the Mandalorian second season? Oh, Pedro Pascal. He's not Boba Fett, but he he's he's a he's a Mandalorian. I, he, yeah, he, there's a there's a Boba Fett. In I know, but I'm talking about Pedro Pascal. Okay, then. But him, he daddy, literally. <laughs> oh my God! Wait, so I kind of hate that they actually gave the child a name. Okay, wow. How I mean, do you he, feel about that? I don't mind because he's got to have a name at some point. No. Okay. It's better if he's just the child. I mean, he is still the child. He's it's like a title now, but I feel like they literally just gave him a name. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they literally just gave him a name though for like marketing convenience. Yeah, probably. It's also, I mean, objectively, it's a bad name. I'll give you that. It's an ugly name for a very cute mogwai. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> for a second i was like wait a minute is he actually no no that can't be right see um so to to finish off the less common tropes here strong woman meets stronger man uh <laughs> Hyper-masculine clusterfuck meets tough girl meets dicking down. <laughs> oh, the phrase dicking down will never get tiresome for yeah. me. Um, and then we have, like, road trip romance, uh-huh. which is, like, just with a spaceship, yeah. you know. Um, but it has kind of fallen by the wayside in terms of, like, now that we have these much more robust alien species and you don't have to, like, make all the conflict be outside. Yeah. Um, and then we have... Uh, mutual captivity sometimes like mutual captivity yeah uh, there there are a fair few of these romance novels where like there's an alien in captivity and a human woman is thrown in to, as like a, an experiment or as bait uh-huh. or as uh, like a lot of times there's like a gladiatorial element to these books where okay. these men are fighters and they're sure. trying to win the right to like mate with a female and then oh no they actually love her so now they both need to escape um yeah because they're both slaves, right? There's a lot of stuff like mm. that. Um, and also, they don't want anyone else to have her because they'll hurt her, so we need to protect her. And there's a lot okay, of that. sure. Um, and then there's also a lot of, like, prison break books where, like, these two... With like, Michael Schofield, <laughs> but as an alien? <laughs> and a lot of tattoos? I mean, alien with tattoos, I will take. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and maybe a hook for a hand or something. Have you Spice seen up. Prison Break? Why would I watch Prison Break? In what universe am I, Abigail, a kind of person who will watch the, the show Prison Break? You watched fucking True Blood. Again, I don't see how that's equivalent to Prison Break. They're like from the same <laughs> era. I don't know. No, no, not not my vibe. No, oh, you should watch the first season, but then stop there. Yeah, yeah. I it, mm, he he has the blueprint for escaping prison tattooed on his entire body. But he forgets how, so he must decipher his tattoos while in prison. That's some... Okay, that's both really cool and also really fucking dumb. Right? <laughs> it's exceptionally dumb. You should watch it. <laughs> um, does he get his head bashed or something? Is that why he forgot? I don't remember. Oh, my God. So, there's a lot of that also. There's 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 some of that. I, I will say some of the notable books that I've read are many series I've read at this mm-hmm. point. Because um, you've read hundreds. Please don't at me like that. At Abigail Kelly. <laughs> at Kingdom of Thirst. Oh, I'm sorry. Both. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so we have Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarians. I know. It's finally going. The lava lamp. It's oozing. Ew. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Now, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it does kind of look like a like a stocking that would pour jello down, huh? What? <laughs> What the like fuck? A, like a fucked up sausage. Okay. <laughs> Lava lamps take a lot longer to heat up than I thought they would. Yeah, it's been on for like hours, I think. Yeah, it's been on for like two hours. So, some of the notable books I wanted to shout out. Obviously, Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarians and all of her many, many books that, that came from, um, or came from that. Uh, I mean, I think there's something like 60 books that are in that series and its subsequent spinoffs. Wow. She has an extremely wide universe. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good books. Um, she writes very uh, a lot of different types of characters, a lot of different types of personality types. Mm-hmm. Some of them do not always appeal to me. Like the one I'm currently reading, just, just, 
person is just so deeply unpleasant. Wow. But whatever. You're, um, you're making the future Ruby Dixon uh, interview episode really awkward. Ruby Dixon, I love you so much, but sometimes they're so mean. And I just, I'm not a mean person. It makes me uncomfortable. That's not true. I f- you're very fucking mean. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? I've never been mean in my life. You're mean to your daughter at all times. Yeah, well, she doesn't speak English, so it's fine. Xenophobic. I, for a second, I thought you were talking about xenomorphs again. I mean, I am. Okay. Because you hate xenomorphs. I don't hate them. don't find them sexual. I just don't want to put my mouth on one. But it wants to put its mouth inside of your mouth. See, and that's kind of hot. Which one, though? The second one. The second one. That's kind of hot. They both have two mouths is the thing. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I forgot. So, like, you can't even use that as, like, a basis of, like... But one mouth is thrustier. Yeah, but one mouth has, like, it can move independently as far as, like, it has, like, four, like, fingers, basically. Wait, I think I just realized why why the people who like women like the predator more. He's got a vagina mouth, and uh, the xenomorph has a dick mouth. I... well... Wait, he okay? Predator does not have a vagina mouth. Yes, he does. He doesn't. Fred, I'm telling. I don't want to pull up a diagram, but he pull does not. Up a di- he does not. Wait, have a where's mouth. my visual aid for this episode? You didn't get a visual aid. There are too many books for this episode. Uh, yeah, no, he does not. There are too many teeth. There are too many teeth. But the xenomorph apps. Well, have you seen teeth? Of course. But also, the xenomorph absolutely has a dick mouth. Okay. It's meant for thrusting. It's Reeves for her pleasure. <laughs> anyway, Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarian books. Very mm-hmm. good. There's a lot of them. I'm trying to fill the Cressley Cole hole. So I... The Cressley hole? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm reading through like all of her books because I, I'm comfort reading right now to yeah. fill my mush brain. Yeah. Um, and we have the Drixonian Warrior series by Ella Maven, which I mentioned earlier. We also have the Lunarian Warlord series by Roxy Ray, also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all on Kindle Unlimited. Um, and then we have... Oh. Hello? I just... <sighs> Sometimes pronouncing things is hard, and then you add some fucked up alien shit in there, and I'm just fucking Ooh, lost. Wait, can I try? Okay, it's this one. Wait, I can't see. The... Closanian? Oh. <laughs> yeah. But would it be a soft C? I don't know. It comes right before an... A. An A and after an E, so it just feels right. It could, could it be a Closanian? Oh, yeah, maybe. Or clicking. Click- <laughs> just sounds like I'm just making clicking noises. Yeah, clickanian just sounds wrong. I, I would go cliche or cliche or cliche either. Clisanian. I hope it's Clisanian. That sounds better. Yeah. Um, The Clisanian series by Victoria Avaline. Um, it is. Uh, or Avaline. Our Avaline. Um, it only has two books in it so far, which mm-hmm. disappoints me greatly. She doesn't have any other books published, at least under that name. Are um, they like recent? Yeah, one of them came came out in July. And it's okay. Saving Theo is the first one, um, and I think like uh, like Rescuing Luca is the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they um, they're very very good. Now they actually combine a lot of really fun tropes, which is um, it's not at all like a burnt down society. It's not mm-hmm. at all a, a confrontational society. Um, but a, a human woman is abducted, and she's kind of just like dropped on this planet. That is like a fully, you know, advanced society. Mm-hmm. But the problem is um, they have like a they have an imbalance. Right. So to combat that, 
what they do is they don't have permanent relationships anymore. They have marriages that right. last for like four months. And if a woman gets pregnant, then she leaves the child with the, her husband and then she goes and finds a new husband. And it's like a whole pageantry situation where like these men have to put their names in and women like pick the ones they want. Uh-huh. And it's very like it's run by the government because they just they just don't have enough women to, to have people be in permanent relationships. Anymore. Oh, sure. OK. Um. So this woman arrives and she's human and they're like, well, we don't really know what to do with you. Like we can't we can't bring you back because that's like against the law because mm-hmm. you now you know too much. You know too much. Um, so we're just kind of like throw you in the in the the marriage pool and see if you can like have a good life here and maybe you can breed with somebody and you know right. do your civic duty and we'll provide for you and, and make like stuff. a half alien half human or yeah and and they're just like they don't really have any plans beyond that they just mm-hmm. don't know what to do with this woman so she picks the one guy that everyone like doesn't want because oh. he's considered profoundly ugly because they have these like markings. That are like kind of silvery on their bodies, hmm. um, and his were horribly scarred when he was a kid, and um, so they're black. They look like tattoos. Oh, and this is a very vain society, mm-hmm. and none of the women who get their choice of any man they yeah. want, yeah, actually, they they don't choose him. Sure, except for this human woman who's like, I like his tats. Yeah, and everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and and they end up like falling in love, and uh, they realize that. Um, when human women and these these men from this society interact, um, they can now have like mating bonds. They can get permanently married, which is something like a biological thing that they lost when they reordered their society. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Holy shit, we should get more women. Um, <laughs> we should get more human women." And then, more. of course, the next book involves a huge amount of like, well, not a huge amount, but like six human women are dropped on this planet. Okay. Um, because of like some government shenanigans, right. like there's like a secret society and all this stuff. Um, and it's a really, really good series and i'm really disappointed that there's not more books yet however i mean my eye up, they're probably still. working on more yeah uh, i'm just very impatient because i read a lot um no what? i would have never guessed <laughs> who's, who's it? me oh but i wanted to just highlight that one because i i don't think they're very well known um because again they're pretty new uh and also it has a really really interesting amount of world building it's mm-hmm. Not as heavy on the conflict, which I like. It's, right. It also has like a marriage of convenience trope, which I fucking live for. Oh my love god, love that shit. Uh, <laughs> I love me a fake relationship that is actually a real relationship. Is that why you brought me here today? We don't even have a fake relationship, Fred. Wait, I don't what? know you. <laughs> We've never met. <laughs> Wait. So where can I check these books out? All of these books in particular are on Kindle Unlimited. I'm also mm-hmm. going to have all of the ones that I can find in print. Um, I'm going to put in my uh, bookshop.org account. Um, it's an affiliate account. Help the authors. Help independent bookstores. Help me. Please. Um, <laughs> please. Yeah, you're not desperate. <laughs> please. Um, <laughs> all of my podcast costs. Oh, so many. Um, I mean, yeah. you, you did purchase a nice microphone. Yeah, my mom did. Someone purchased a <laughs> nice microphone. I bought all these little sound pads, all these squishy sound pads. That's true. Um, you you really have outfitted your studio pretty nicely, though. Thank you. My velvet wall and my... And my the very upsetting <laughs> lava lamp situation. Yeah, your lava lamp it's is, not, like, not doing it today, huh? It just really... It takes, like, three hours. 
Um, it was oh it was very cold in here when we started. Um, now it's hot and steamy. Ew. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can find all these books on our bookshop.org account, um, as well as the ones that are available, um, which most of them are. And I would re- recommend getting them in print because especially the um, the ones by uh, Victoria Aveline or Aveline, um, they are the covers are very pretty. And I think they would be very pretty in print. Um, but I haven't put those up yet, so I don't know. But they should be there. All the links will be in the description, as well as links to social media and what all. Uh, Fred, before I plug my shit at the end of this episode. Can I plug your shit? Don't. Well, I mean, you can. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm not going to say no. Uh, oh, was that a sexual thing? Y- yeah. Oh. Well, then no. I thought we had a nice fake, fake relationship going on. No. Oh. Nothing about that was nice. Plug your nonsense. Plug it. Plug it. All of it. Well, I mean. I have so much. You do have so much. It's going to take a freaking hour. Um, I'm nervous. Um, Why is it always here that like my guests get tripped up? I don't understand. Well, minor self-promotion. The minorest of self-promotion. I, I am all about self-promotion. I am fine with self-promotion. Although, just me personally, I have so much going on you right do. now. Yeah, you've done it. Yeah, that's true. Um. Okay, so mainly what I've been spending the most time on, uh, just because as a filmmaker, I can't really uh, make films at the moment because the yes. Rona. Yeah. It is 2020, if you're listening to this in the future. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for us. Yeah, please. I started streaming on Twitch.tv, and I've been I've been playing some games and uh, letting my personality be my personality on there. Uh, it is, and and people seem to enjoy it. So if you would like to hang out on some live streams, uh, go follow me at Twitch.tv/filmotter. That's Twitch.tv/filmotter. Whoa. Whoa. You can also find him on Twitter, film underscore otter. Yes. Uh, he's got a really goofy looking profile photo. But... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay, so what else? You also have, do you want to play your YouTube channel? Nah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure you that'll be yeah. findable yeah. by this point. Um, all right. So I guess it's my turn now for minor self-promotion on my own podcast. Yeah. Uh, don't you have enough? <laughs> This is already your podcast. Yeah. Uh, you find me at Kingdom Thirst at, on both Twitter and Instagram. You can email me at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. You, our website, which I just redid recently because... Uh-huh. I'm not going to say anything about Squarespace because no. I hope they sponsor me in the future. But <laughs> you can you can go to kingdomofthirst.com where you can find all of our links, all of the archive or episodes. You can submit uh, comments, concerns. We have like a submission thing. You can also check out our bookshop.org link, which goes to our affiliate page. All of those links will still be in the description of this episode. However, you can go to bookshop.org slash kingdom of thirst to find our bookstore. Uh, Every purchase helps. Uh, Mostly it helps the authors and indie bookstores, but a very small, vanishing, vanishingly small portion of that sale goes to me if you use that link. I also have a separate list. That is books that I like. It is an absolutely unbiased list of best books of all time uh, and indisputable. 
<laughs> is Animorphs on there? No, because I've never read Animorphs. Well, you should. It takes like five seconds. No, thank you. <laughs> but how will we make an Animorphs podcast? <laughs> you, hey, we'll just do this podcast, except we flip it. You read the Animorphs and I listen. Wait. No, we're not doing this. Wait. No. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Wait. No. We'll talk about it. No, no. And then we could call the podcast On the Morphs. On the Morphs. So, okay, was that it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Where was I? Bookshop.org? Yes. Okay, that's about it, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's been a podcast. Does that mean I can take a drink now? No. No, don't drink. No. Okay. No. This has been the Kingdom of Thirst. Stop it. I'm trying to fucking do my outro, you absolute scoundrel. Don't don't ASMR my podcast. Don't ASMR. No. Uh, okay, this has been the Kingdom of Thirst podcast. You've been Fred B. Hard. <laughs> uh, Fred Gebhardt, I guess. In parentheses, Fred Gebhardt. Uh, I've been Abigail Kelly. This has been a lot of books, and I'm sorry that my brain has been mushed for this entire episode, but I finished writing a book in like a month. I'm tired. And I love you. Okay, well, and I love you, listeners. Good night. Sleep tight. This has been the ASMR cast. <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>